Welcome to Raw Storytelling, a podcast where real people share unscripted and uncensored real stories. And I'm your host, Enid Nolasco. Hello, welcome to episode number seven, themed Breaking the Rules. If you're new to raw storytelling, I could tell you all about it, but why would I? Stop what you're doing, go back to episode one. There are so many amazing real stories shared by real people waiting for you to enjoy them. Stories of funny moments, tough moments, moments that make you question everything. It's all here in this collection of stories from everyday people. In this month's episode, you'll hear three very different takes on the consequences of breaking those pesky little rules that we humans invented for ourselves. First up is somebody who's become a good friend and supporter of raw storytelling, Louis Berlin. And today you'll hear the first story he ever shared at Raw, and it was an adventure. The crowd was crying from laughter. Louis is a financial, business, and personal mentor, and his latest book is titled how to not fuck up your financial future and the rest of your life. He's hilarious and incredibly smart. Not that those two things are mutually exclusive. And I encourage you to check out his shenanigans at lewisberlin.com. That's L-O-U-I-S berlin.com. I'm delighted. I'm delighted here to be here talking about breaking the rules because, uh, I, I do a lot of rule breaking. I got uh, a huge crowd of friends and family here. Is that both my wives are here? Uh, now, I I know what you're thinking. That it's uh, really cool to be out with your first wife and a second wife, but they're both my first wife. Uh, I have a summer wife and I have a winter wife, and they're both here because it's springtime. So uh, we're in this hiatus point. Uh, I do want to talk about my kids, but first I should tell you something happened today that really blew my mind. As you talk about breaking the rules, and you're never too old to break the rules. Uh, my wife and I, the winter wife, uh, we live in an old age home. We didn't realize it was an old age home till we moved in. But like the building was bought, built 34 years ago, and they have still a lot of the original owners there and they moved in when they were coming down to Florida to retire. So they're like up in their 80s or 90s, which is kind of good for me because we've got three defibrillators and two oxygen tanks on the floor. <laughs> so anytime I need to pick me up, I just know odd number of apartments defibrillator, even number apartments oxygen tanks. And if I can make it down the hallway and figure out odd for me, then I know what I'm going for. So I'm going downstairs today, and I think it was one of the original tenants. She was about three foot four tall, and she's wearing this black shirt with Chinese characters on. And I decided, you know, be nice, talk to her, that sort of stuff. So I look at the shirt. It says, if you don't speak Chinese, turn your head to the right and read it that way. And, of course, I turn my head to the left because I'm not that coordinated, and she gives me the shaking head, and I turn it the other way, and says, go F yourself. You know? And she's like 120 years old. And I'm going, I'm going, this is cool. This is the right building for me. So I told her I was coming here tonight. I don't think she could make it. But she and I are going to get up around 6 a.m. And, and have some oxygen together. 
So, so we got five kids, first wife and I, the, summer, the winter wife and I, because uh, the summer wife, we don't have grandchildren together. I'll explain that to you later. Uh, and the mother of my grandchildren, my summer grandchildren is here, but it's way too complicated. So anyhow, so we got these five kids, and along the way, you know, like kid number three, she's pregnant with kid number three, and, and she's going, you know, I think I'm gonna go back to school and get another degree. I go, okay, what do you want to get? She says, I'm going to get a degree in marriage and family therapy. I said, this is good. Okay, you can do that stuff, but don't bring that shit home. You just keep that in school, because I don't want any of it here, because I'm a rule breaker. Okay, so the title of my talk is Favorite Child of the Month. And I know what you people who have been indoctrinated by marriage and family therapists is thinking, uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you treat, you love all the kids equally. Um, and you treat them all equally. Uh-uh, I don't do that. Okay? We have favorite child of the month. You have to earn it. Because there's five of them and two of us. So if we're treating them all equally, then they're all together and they're ganging up on us. And it's five to two and some of them are getting big. So, like the 37-year-old, he's pretty tall. Um, and the 26-year-old, she's like, she's not that big, but she's got a pretty, pretty big mouth. So uh, that, that, that she used that pretty effectively. So I said, we got to turn them against each other so that we have favorite child of the month. You have to win it. But I want to tell you how this started. So Winter Wife has a summer place up in North Carolina. Uh, I can't go up there because she's married to a wealthy man, but I got to work for a living. So... We're up there, and the house is like a little bit below road level. Okay, and a lot of places there are on septic, but we're on sewer because we're in a classy neighborhood. So what happens is everything that we flush or drain or whatever, whatever you need doesn't do on the street and you do in the toilet, comes down to the very basement and goes into what's called a sump pump, and this automatically kicks off when it gets full, and the stuff then gets pumped up to the sewer line in the street. And this is really cool. Um, and I go, Mikey, we got to do something about it. And he says, yeah. I said, I said, what do you think we should do? He says, we should call the plumber. <laughs> so I go upstairs, and I call the plumber, and his name's Ed. I go, Ed, this is Mr. Berlin over here on Pine Ridge Road. And we got a problem being disconnected from the sump pump, and we got a cellar full of sewage, and we need to get it connected and the sewage out. He goes, oh, Mr. Berlin, that ain't no problem. You can just connect that pipe back into the sump pump. And I go, Ed, I'm from New York originally. I don't know anything about sump pumps and pipes and connecting that sort of stuff, and I don't know anything about cleaning up the stuff and the came out of the pipe. So he says, well... I can't come by first thing tomorrow, but I can come by after first thing tomorrow. So I go, Mikey, we're good, because after first thing tomorrow, Ed's going to come by and clean this all up. So about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm realizing next day, he ain't coming by. Uh, so I said, Mikey, we've got to do this ourselves. He said, Dad, come on. I don't know how to do this. What are we going to do? So I said, we're going to go into town, we're going to buy some lime, buy some other stuff, figure out how to do it. Okay, so the way North Carolina works is the, the land is very damp. 
it's very damp up there, and the houses are on a slope. So one end of the house, the part near the street, there's really no basement there. The basement starts like an inch from the floor, from the ground floor. But as you go down the slope to the back of the house, you come down, you have a full door. It's about 12 feet tall. So you got this slope. It's just going straight down, which is all the stuff that came out of the pipe came down to the bottom, didn't stay up by the top. Okay? But we also cover the ground with this plastic because you don't want the moisture coming up because that can do terrible things or whatever. So basically, I've got this huge sheet of plastic that has now facilitated the stuff running down to the bottom where it's about a foot and a half tall. But the good part is now I can roll it all up in the plastic. So I go in with Mike and we roll it up and it's about 12 foot wide. And we end up with a 12 foot wide by three foot high plastic encased shit sausage that is conveniently parked inside the cellar. And we got this three-foot door that it's got to go through. And we can't try to figure out how to turn it around. So I say, okay, we'll just fold it in half and pull it through the door. I go, Mikey, you want to be on the inside pushing or on the outside pulling? He goes, Dad, I think I'll take the outside pulling. I said, okay. So we get it through. And it manages to roll down a little bit down, downhill. And I go, okay, we're done. So we take off our clothes, we uh, throw them in plastic bags, and we run naked into the house to shower because we smell god-awful. And we go to bed. I'm thinking, it's, it's the woods. The animals are going to come and take this away. They're going to think it's a feast. So I get up in the morning, I look over the rail, and guess what? 12 foot long, 3 foot high, it's sitting there. Don't know what to do. So come up with an idea. Mikey and I go into town, and we get one of these tarps, like if you make a lean-to or something, with those big, heavy grommets, and we get a nice, thick rope. And what we do is we roll the shit sausage onto the tarp and then wrap the tarp around it and sew it together <laughs> with a really heavy cord. And now we've gotten to sit here. It's really encased. And I call Nancy, the, uh, the winter wife, and... I say, we're going to uh, hook this up to the back of the, uh, what do we have, the Suburban? Or we had something like that, one of those big, heavy things. Okay, now we're about 50 feet below the road and 50 feet away from the road. And there's about 30 feet of dense woods between us and the road. So we hook it up with 150 feet of rope. And I say, hit the gas. And she hits the gas. And this thing goes tearing through the woods taken down trees and goes up the stone wall and goes on the road. And she gets halfway down the road before I'm able to get her on the phone and say, no, you're just supposed to take a little bit. Now you got to turn around and bring it back here. And we leave it out front. So she says, what do I do about it? I say, I don't know, but i got to leave in the morning. You're staying here for a few more weeks. So why don't you just call Public Works and tell them you got some trash that needs to be picked up. Which she does, and it works out. But I decide that this deserves an award because Mikey was in there with me for two days with this stuff, moving it around, getting it encased and shaped up to be packaged and hauled away. And I decide he gets to be favorite child of the month.
which, which gets all of his siblings pissed. So a coda to this. I'm just going to give you a coda to this because I can't resist because, dudes, I'm in sales, so I'm only selling. So one of the things I sell is life insurance. So I know that's a real bummer. It turns off the whole crowd. But I got each of the kids their own life insurance policy and not the crappy kind where you have to die to collect, but the time that builds up hundreds of thousands of dollars while you're alive and you can use it while you're alive. And the kids are all excited because they know dad's taking care of me. Well, uh-uh, that's not the way it's working. Because they think when I die, they're each going to inherit their own policy with half a million dollars in cash in it. And I said, no, it's not working that way. I said, the one who visits me most in the nursing home gets all five policies. So I'm going to have them lined up there. And last thing, just in case you think I'm a cheap son of a bitch, I will give you a dilemma that I faced early today. I think this place is awesome. The, the collective, it's really phenomenal. They got good food. They got good drinks. But guys, Andrew, you threw me into a tiz there when I went to the bar because I had a choice is I could use my coupon and get 20% off on any of that food, or you had free beer and wine. And I had to think about that, because 20% is a lot to give up. Thank you, folks. Right about now is where I would take a break to talk about our sponsors, AKA you. We're looking for sponsors. Raw storytelling started as my passion project and it has become a reality thanks to supporters like you. And I want to keep growing this movement that allows any person from any background to have a voice. Become a sponsor. Email me at rawstorytelling at gmail.com or go to rawstorytelling.org slash donate. Give me your money and I'll do great things with it. Seriously. Our next storyteller is a storytelling virgin. We both mutually popped our cherries. This was her first time sharing a story, and it was our first sex story, and it got spicy. <laughs> Next up is Stacy Bryant with a story titled, It's Not Illegal to Smell Like Weed. So many people here, some that I know, some that I don't know, some that I met before, and this is such a great forum, such an amazing thing that we have that Enid, shout out to Enid! I just love it that we can just come and there's no judgment and we can tell it like it is and I'm shaking like a leaf and I'm freaking out and uh, someone told me, imagine everybody's naked, I'm not there, because that might get me in trouble <laughs> because my name is Stacy and I'm a sex and love addict. Hi! <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, if you're not familiar, you can watch Thanks for Sharing. I think it's on Netflix or something like that. It's pretty good. And it gives you a little insight into how other people might live or think. So, and I think that's where we're at. Like, the universe has brought us to a point where we're, like, all needing to connect. And you're no different than me, and I'm no different than you. And, and we're all just here to share and learn and have this, like... <laughs> Really amazing, mind-blowing journey, right? Yay! Woo! <laughs> ah, okay, so once I get over my jitters, I'll be cuter. Um, 
<laughs> Thank you. See, that's why I love it here. And that's the only reason why I could do this here. Because the acceptance and the love and all that good vibes is like, whew, it's priceless. You can't pay for that. Um, so, yeah, the story is called It's Not Illegal to Smell Like Wheat. <laughs> um, so let's go back, shall we, to... 2010. <laughs> um, I had just finished up uh, my separation with uh, the man I'd been with for 13 years. We had two amazing boys. Malachi's 20 and Jojo is 13. Um, I work as a registered nurse. I deliver babies. So I'm actually about to go back to school at 42 years old. So... <laughs> Um, at 42 years old to uh, pursue a career in midwifery. And, <laughs> and I'm super excited about it, scared, maybe more scared about that commitment than this commitment. <laughs> um, so yeah, for a long time after my divorce, I was super afraid of commitment because I was like, screw this. Like, there, there's never going to be another human being in this world that's going to hurt me like that again. And I'm going to just bitch out <laughs> so uh, oh there were always boyfriends in between there were good men a few good men got really fucked up um, that I'm not proud of I have in so many meditations had a moment where I'm like okay I just send them hopo ono opono do you know what that is it's I love you thank you I'm sorry I forgive you. And it's just, you know, in, in SLIA, they teach us, you need to number, step number eight, make amends, and la, 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 unless it's not safe for you to do so. Well, if you were addicted to a penis, and you try to talk to the man it belongs to, and say, look, I'm really sorry I fucked your shit up, it's hard to stay away from the thoughts that you've had once upon a time that ruled you and made you wake up and provided you comfort and, you know, made you feel really, really good. Like you could, you could forget your whole entire life and everything that pained you and everything that hit you to your core. So coming out of that mentality was tough. I... Ended up with this guy, we'll call him the bouncer. <laughs> All my friends over there are like, oh God. <laughs> oh God, in the back one time, Vernon. Oh God. <laughs> um, so yeah, three and a half years of my life, up and down in the garage, threatening to hit him with a two by four. Um, yeah, I mean, let's be real, right? Let's be real. And um, so, so yeah, that was unhealthy but I stayed because I was addicted. Um, I started seeing a therapist for sex and love addiction, and I also started going to groups. And, you know, I realized in that time, there's so many people. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there, a lot of them are dudes. So like, you walk into the SLA group, and there's like 14 men, and you. And I'm like, <laughs> This is probably not a good idea. <laughs> like, 
Like, um, you know, you go from seeing people like meat, objects, and you're like, this is like I'm in a buffet. <laughs> but, <laughs> and <laughs> a Chinese buffet at that. <laughs> Oh, wait, with a little bit of island, because my family's from Jamaica. <laughs> so they are looking at me like I am, ooh, yeah. Oh, we're going for sushi later, for sure. <laughs> Don't tease me. Okay, so, <laughs> um, okay, so let's fast forward. I realize the error of my ways. I've hurt so many men. I've chewed them up and spat them out. Now I need to get myself in recovery. So I'm good. I'm like, maybe six weeks, like that's really, really good. So um, I, I'm out with a girlfriend of mine, we're gonna go roller skating, and it's like super clean, healthy fun, right? Let's roller skate, jam out to music, have a good time, and go home, I'll smoke a joint, uh, meditate, write some poetry, I don't know, you know, just hang out with me, because I'm pretty cool, so. <laughs> so I'm driving along, I'm listening to music, it's a good night, and I think, oh, I need to get high. So, so high. Because um, you know when you're really high, the truth really comes out. So I started as truth weed, and then it slowly becomes pussy weed. So, anyway. <laughs> okay, so... Driving along, let's go there. We're driving along, two o'clock in the morning, US one, high as a kite. And I'm so happy. I'm just doing such healthy things. And then I get to the stoplight and there's a cop behind me. <laughs> and he flashes me the, the blue and red and I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding? Like, I'm a registered nurse, I have two children, I have a house, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, put your lip gloss on. <laughs> put it on, put it on. Oh my God, put it on, put it on. Okay, so he's like, pull over. And I'm like, where? <laughs> and I'm driving, I'm like blasting my AC, spraying body splash, like winter candy apple can save me right now. And I'm like, I pull in, I stop the car, I'm like, oh fuck, I have my lip gloss on, I'm good, I'm good, lip gloss, we're good. So he gets out of the car, bang, he shuts his door, he steps out and he stands and he's like this, I don't know, he's like a god and he's beautiful and he has like beautiful caramel mocha latte skin and huge arms like prison arms. <laughs> So who ev everybody needs a little thug therapy now and then. So his arms are bursting out of his like polyester uniform and I'm like, oh my God, oh, he's so cute. Okay, keep cool, you got your lip gloss. Okay, check, we're good. Hey, so he leans into the window and his face is like this far from my face. Like, why do you need to be so close to me? And I'm like, what's up? <laughs> like. Uh, are you having a good night? Everything good out there? Like, and he looks at me and he says, where are you coming from? And I'm like, 
oh, you have the most beautiful lips I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, then he puts his hand in the window, and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's married. (sighs) Fine, what a waste. But okay, but I can't get a ticket, and I can't go to jail, so pick it up again. Okay, so what's up? And he says to me, where are you coming from? Like, I went roller skating. (laughs) Good, clean fun. It was awesome. I had a good time. I went with my baby mama. She's amazing. She's here in spirit, by the way. Um, So there I am. And he's like, are you making conversation with me? Are you flirting with me? Or are you like going to do something? Because just shit or get off the pot already. And he says to me, oh, so you had a good time. Are you having a personal party right now? And I'm like, well, what happened was I took my friend home and she lit up a J and she got super high, but I'm a nurse, so I would never do that because this is my car and I would never walk around here smelling like weed. So I'm sorry if I was speeding. And he said, well, you know, it's not illegal to smell like weed. And I was like, oh, he likes me. Oh, I was so high. I was like, oh, it's playful banter. Got it. So then we proceeded to have a three to four month sorted little weird love affair thing, sort of type thing. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I almost got a ticket, but we made out instead. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, he might have an Asian fetish, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so we actually didn't do anything for, like, two months. We talked every day. He worked night shift. I worked night shift. We would talk for, like, six hours at a time. And um, it's funny because I I kept saying, no, you're married. 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 Till one day, Miss Kitty was on fire. (laughs) And I was like... God, we have, like, so much chemistry. Like, we are so good. I know he's married, but this is on him, not me. And I'm like, no, it's on you. Karma's bad. Get away from karma. Karma's no good. That kind of karma, mm mm-mm. You don't want to touch that karma. So I was super strong for, like, two months. And then one day he was going to Home Depot, and I was going to the beach, and we happened to rendezvous at this skeeziest, dirtiest, don't touch the remote type places. And I was like, oh my God, it's really gonna happen. That day, that man made some crazy love to me, like kissed every vertebrae, licked between every single toe, um, kissed me like, kissed me like I was forbidden fruit, touch, look, I'm sweating now. I need, I need something. I need this, can I borrow this? Is it special? Is it? I know, but cruise. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I don't remember where I was. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, I was in the cheap hotel. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Look. 
Okay, so the man could eat some pussy, which that's what I'm thinking about right now, so you know. And then... <laughs> that's raw, Enid. That's raw. Okay? That's raw. You want raw? You want raw, girl? That's raw. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> All right, so I probably, okay, so I was gonna try to make everybody come together, but we're not gonna do that. So, and the only reason why is because, <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that, that's, that's X-rated and too raunchy. We're not there yet. Popped your cherry, I'll go slow. Sorry, I'll go slow. I'll go slow. Sorry, Enid, I'll take, I'll take time with you. Well, next time, okay. So he's there, he kisses me, he licks every, everything, like every follicle of hair he kissed. All up under there he kissed. He just made love to every ounce of me, slapped my ass like it was meant to be. It was so good. And then I felt it starting to happen. It's like, oh, this dude is gonna come. <laughs> and I was like, he got harder, he got longer, he started going a little faster. And I was like, this is not protected. Like, let's not, let's not forget, these were my whorish days. This is a married man, and this is a low point. Okay? Low point, low point, low point. So, as fun as it was, <laughs> it was a low point. <clears throat> but I felt that starting to happen, and I told him, wait for me. And he slowed down, he stopped for half a second, and then he continued, and during that time, I felt it swell up inside of me, and I felt him swelling up inside of me, and I felt like this was going to go down. Like, who comes at the same time as the first time you've ever had sex with this person? Does that happen to everybody? What the fuck? Okay, okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> um, okay, so let's fast forward five years. I break it off, I'm like, you're done. This can never happen again. Maybe we met two or three times after that. But then I said, we're really done, because this is bad karma, and I don't want to be a part of it, because I'm trying to get my shit together, and that's not getting my shit together. And so here I am, one year single, first time in my whole entire life, and two years, two months celibate, thank you, two months for recovering sex addicts, 61 days, bitches. Thank you.
breaking the rules, only break one rule at a time. That's what I want to want you to all keep in mind throughout this whole story. Because it's not one story, it's a whole bunch of little stories that lead up to only break one rule at a time. So when we're babies, right? What are we gonna do? Whatever the fuck you want, right? And yeah, I'm an attorney. I don't get a swear usually when I'm talking to a judge or another attorney. So it's kind of fun. So I'm breaking a rule, one right there. So when you're a baby, what are you gonna do? Whatever you want. You get to poop in your diaper, you gotta pee in your diaper. And then you get to like two, three years old, and then what do you have to do? You have to go in the bathroom. You, you can't pee and poop in your pants anymore. So that's a rule, right? So now that we're adults, can you pee and poop in your pants? Yeah, right. If you're at home, if you're in public, now that's two rules you broke, and that's not acceptable. Everybody agree to that? Okay, thank you very much. Until you get really, really old, almost as old as Lewis, but maybe a little bit older, then you get to poop and pee in your pants whenever you want, wherever you're at. So it's okay. So, all right, so that's rule number one. Don't pee and poop in public as adults or over five. Let's, let's just go with over five. Over five under, how old are you, Lewis? All right, and under 90. So uh, then we go to school and we, we do all those things and then we get to high school and then we learn how to smoke pot, right? A lot of you kids, right? Maybe, right, right? But before that, if you break a rule and you go home and you tell your parents, yeah, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, no. So the rule number one that you broke is you, you did something stupid, you did something wrong, you, you got a bad grade or you lied or you cheated or something, but then you go home and rule number two you break is you lie to your parents. That never turns out well because we usually know before you even tell us. Right, Taylor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Taylor's there. So never tell two or never break two rules at a time. That's it because the consequences are way worse than if you would have just said, yeah, I did that. Sorry. And then there comes the smoking pot. Don't smoke pot because it's illegal. I don't care if you do it just because you do it, but it's illegal. So, and then especially don't do it in my house because I'm an attorney and you can't do that shit in my house, right? So if you, yeah, exactly. So you do that. So we go through all of that and that's all good. Um, and then if you want to go to my law practice, my law practice, I dealt with criminals. Uh, so I did criminal practice in Iowa. I don't do it here anymore. So you're all okay. Or actually, uh, uh, I can't help you. Sorry. Um, the worst thing was illegal aliens driving. Okay? So, you know, I'm, I'm all about people coming to America, do whatever you want, but just don't break the law because you already broke one. So if you get stopped by an officer that is not particularly on my wavelength of come to our country, do whatever you need to do, if you go through a stop sign and you're an illegal alien, you're not only going to get stopped from going through a stop sign, you're not going to have a driver's license, you're not going to have insurance, you probably sped one time or another, so you're going to get 18 tickets and get thrown in jail just because you broke more than two rules. 
That's why you see all these people driving 55 miles an hour and you're honking at them, get the hell out of my way! Because they know the rule, only break one rule at a time. So, that brings us to marriage. Anybody married here? No? Really? Nobody's married? This is a, it's a participation. Oh, my wife is married. She's back there saying, I'm married. All right. Wow, since nobody's married, you're not even going to get this next story that I have, which is like the one. So, if you're married, we all know you're not supposed to cheat. You're not supposed to spend money on prostitutes. You're not supposed to do anything like that, right? Right? Yeah, that, that's an easy rule to follow most of the time. So, Whenever I do a divorce and somebody puts in their petition that says, um, we're going to recover wasted assets from my husband. And the husband comes and sits down in front of me and says, what's that mean? I say, ah, you don't have anything to worry about. What that means is you have a girlfriend and you buy her a car, you put her up in a, in a, in a, in a nice condo, you give her cash to live on, and I make it as extreme as possible, breaking all these rules. And only one time have I seen a white guy turn whiter than, I don't even have that. He just sunk down in his chair, turned as pale as could be, and I said, hmm, what's going on? Well, um... Does it matter that I don't report the income that I give to her? <laughs> wow, that's another rule. <laughs> you got to report all the income. So he's giving this girl a couple thousand dollars a month to live, paying for a hotel, got her a car, just because he says, because I wanted to make sure she took care of her kid. I said, oh, that's interesting. Okay, tell me more. Well, 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 well I, 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 I don't sleep with her. <laughs> I still can't hold it back. I, I wanted to laugh, but no, I'm a professional, so I didn't. I said, oh, really? And anything? He's like, no, no, really, really, really. I don't, I don't, I don't do anything. I, I, no, I wouldn't do that. Like, really? What am I thinking in the back of my head? Not even a hand job? Are you kidding me? A couple thousand dollars a month for how long? A couple months? He's like, uh, two years? What? So, yeah. Uh, so, I continued to ask questions just because I wanted to know. Really? Well, what do you get out of this? Uh, friendship. Not a blowjob? No, just a friendship. Really? Come on. You're getting laid. No, 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 no. I just get to talk to her. <sighs> All right, you need to stop. Stop breaking that rule. You're not cheating on your wife, but you are spending a lot of money that you're not telling her you have. And... This is just ridiculous. So if you're going to be that stupid, at least get something in return for it. That way you'd at least be breaking three rules, not just two. 
I didn't say that. That's what I wanted to say. So I, I've, I've recently seen him, and he says, I, 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 I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm like, all right, good for you. Good, good, good. So uh, rules are meant to be stretched and bent, but not broken. But always remember, only break one at a time. And the best example of that is, is really what nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to drink and drive, all right? So if you're drinking and you're over the limit, what speed do you go? It's a, this, is a, this is a quiz. Some of you have been drinking. Some of you haven't. So what speed do you go? You got, uh, Uber is the best choice. But if you're driving and you've been drinking, you go the speed limit. And if you go to a stop sign, do you do, you do a slow down and kiss my ass? Or you, do you do a full stop? You do a full stop, of course. So only break one rule at a time. If you have a large amount of cocaine, don't put it into tiny little packets because now you become a distributor, not just a massive user. So... Only break one rule at a time. That's really all there is to it. If you think about it in every part of your life and everything you do, if you break one rule, you probably won't get caught. If you break two at a time, chances are done. So that's it. Break one rule at a time. As you heard, Marty Elberg is a fabulous lawyer. He's actually helped me figure out all the legal mumbo jumbo for Raw. And you can find him and hire him at circleoflifelegal.com. That's all for this episode of Raw Storytelling. Our next episode will be released on the 16th of next month. And meanwhile, tell a friend, subscribe, rate and review us, sign up for our live shows, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Raw Storytelling, and check out our beautiful website, rawstorytelling.org. On the site, you can listen to more featured stories, find storytelling tips, and donate. If you're in the South Florida area, attend a live show, or better yet, sign up to share your own story. You can find more information at rawstorytelling.org. Huge thank you to DJ Sandoz, who recorded the live audio for this episode's stories. Fabiel Lozada is our podcast editor, and Café Collective is our host venue. The music you heard in this episode is by Poddington Bear, Broke for Free, Ava Luna, Tours, and other varied artists featured on our live show recordings. Until next time, I'm Enid Nolasco. Stay raw.